I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are continuing our look at ladies, as as you put it, Carlos, ladies kicking ass in Hong (laughs) Kong movies, uh, or Asian movies, I should say, uh, with 1990's She Shoots Straight, starring Joyce Cadenzi and a lot of other awesome people that we've seen, uh, newcomers and uh, old favorites on the show. Carlos, what was the idea behind this pick? Well, um, I guess similar to Angel, which we just covered, I feel like uh, this film showcases some pretty uh, brutal action from a female perspective. So mm-hmm. uh, I, we talked a little bit about this before recording, but um, I feel like you've probably seen clips from this film on YouTube, like baddest girl fights or <laughs> you know something like yeah. that. And uh, most especially likely, that final fight with yeah. Joyce and Agnes's yeah. characters. Yeah. Right. So uh, I thought it'd be cool for us to take a look at the whole film and uh, maybe for the listeners getting a little more context to maybe this clip that you've seen. I also know that um, there's another film called License to Steal that uh, Agnes and Joyce they fight each other in that film and that movie is so hard to find i can't find it guys (laughs) i look everywhere under the mats in the darkest corners i can't (laughs) i can't find that movie i think there's there's literally i think a listing on amazon for a vhs tape version of that movie and i like a broken vcd or something yeah i almost (laughs) considered getting that but it's like 50 bucks so anyways but uh, yeah, she shoots straight. Uh, this is directed by Corey Yun, who uh, we've also seen direct uh, the first uh, like Girls with Guns kind of movie. Actually, for us that we covered, and actually like in the genre in general. So, yes, Madam was directed by Corey Yun, starred uh, Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock, and now this is 1990, some years later. And we are getting him returning to this genre and showcasing a new starlet who has kind of like this. Uh, now it's like a royal pedigree of <laughs> Hong Kong cinema because uh, Joyce Gadenzi uh, had a pretty short career, but she uh, ended up marrying Sammo Hung. And you see Sammo Hung in this film and actually her breakout role in Eastern Condors you uh is you know that's a samuel hung it's not just him but he's like the the main guy in that film and uh seeing her in that film is pretty cool but i feel like she shoots straight really gives you more of a kind of like the potential that she she has on screen because joyce Gadenzi actually was uh she was like a like a lot of these other stories that we hear. She was a pageant like, winner. Yeah, she like, was a like Miss, Miss Hong Kong. Miss winner. Hong Kong. Yeah, I think uh, 1984. Mm-hmm. And um, shortly after that, she ended up finding her way into the movie industry. And uh, she had no martial arts training. But uh, you can see that this is another case where uh, when you're working with Samo or around Samo, 
you're gonna look like an expert <laughs> yeah you know yeah. Uh, and uh you see a lot of that in this film so i thought it'd be fun to to check it out with you guys yeah and joyce's story is really interesting because um on the surface it seems similar to a lot of what we've talked about with hong kong actresses and um, actresses throughout Asia in this period in general, which is there was this kind of like early retirement um, mm-hmm. when yeah. when they um, when the actors get married, and the actors are kids. getting married. In this case, though, it really seems like it was Joyce's idea to retire from the film business. Uh, you know, Sam in particular <laughs> loved to kind of use use her in films whenever uh, whenever that would work out. But there's actually an interesting piece of writing. Um, of Joyce's that you can find on, I'm not making this up, on this, uh, like the main sort of Jehovah's Witness website. She was what? raised, really? yeah, she was raised Jehovah's Witness and kind of came back to it. And she talked about um, ultimately having difficulty with kind of like the immorality of the, the action films and interesting. Um, being in them in, huh. in that way. So, yeah, really Weird. kind of, yeah, really interesting. And um, she's got an interesting background um her dad was from australia and mom from hong kong and uh yeah kind of got pulled into i think she's sort of like scouted as at a young age as a model and then kind of went through the pipeline that we've talked about now Mm -hmm. uh many times but yeah she's got an amazing look like you see her on screen and mm -hmm. it's it's stunning not only that but she's just her eyes yeah she's just so compelling and um Mm -hmm. it's funny uh like we've said there's not uh, a whole lot of uh action in the film and i've got to say i think if i had watched this when i was a little bit younger um (laughs) i might have gotten a little bit uh, impatient but for whatever reason i found myself really drawn to the drama of it and i think it uh this is a really nice addition for our arc here because i think it depicts kind of the burden on women in Hong Kong, women in kind of Chinese culture at this time in a way that I, I don't think other movies quite quite achieve, even though on the surface, this should be kind of like a cheaper, pulpier movie. Um, but yeah, I think along the way, it ends up showing, showing quite a lot about um, the burden that these you know, strong women bear for being born women, essentially. And also, I think a really, it's a really interesting depiction on some kind of like uh, Chinese cultural practices, particularly around, say, like saving face, which I know for some Western viewers that can occasionally be like a little bit confusing. <laughs> I think this movie does a really good job of kind of depicting like, okay, why are those values even there? Like what's like, why are you saving face for the people that you care about? And anyway, so there's, yeah, some, yeah, I was kind of surprised by kind of what's going on sort of under the hood here. And I think Joyce is the perfect, the perfect lead for this kind of story. She just, uh, she bears so much in her face. There's, she really, she has this air about her where she's like lived this very hard life or something. And, um, I don't know. I, I just find I found that she kept pulling me in. I kind of wanted to know more about her story. Uh, we should also call out uh, Karina Lau, who's kind of yeah, sort of a co-lead with her. And yeah, she turns into a co-lead kind of yeah. halfway through the movie, which is and cool. it's it's amazing. It's kind of like a fire and ice pairing, um, mm, where Joyce yeah. is meant to be a much kind of like cooler character. Um, and again, you know, we we kind of see the burdens that are placed on her. And then Karina Lau plays her sister-in-law, Ling, uh, who's very hot-tempered. 
And, uh, you know, the structure isn't exactly like what we've seen in maybe our John Woo segment, but ultimately I think the movie is maybe trying to suggest something about, um, this sort of duo and how, just how different they are and how they could possibly be brought together. But, uh, yeah, Karina Lau is awesome. And I don't know if we've talked about her much on the podcast. Um, I don't think so. But yeah, imagine we get to our Stephen Chow arc. She's yeah, she's <laughs> amazing in one of my favorite Stephen Chow movies, Forbidden City Cop. Um, and that'll be kind of fun to to see her there. But uh, the other thing I, I think that I was surprised about uh, with the film is um, I was kind of expecting Sammo to just kind of like bless the movie with like a 10 second cameo, kind of <laughs> like what we had yeah. in Yes, Madam. But I really. I really kind of admired what Samo's doing here. He's, he kind of stays in the movie, but he's not, he's not stealing any thunder from anyone else. I mean, this is one of the best action performers on cinema ever. And, um, it's, yeah, I just love how kind of mild Samo plays this role. And yeah, so this, it's not, it's, yeah, it's definitely not the movie I was expecting um, Mm. to get kind of looking at the poster. You you almost get like three quarters of the way through the movie and you're like, is Samuel even going to do any action in this film? Right. And I right. didn't think he was. Yeah. I, I, I was shocked whenever he, he does. He does like a quick scene near the end. And I yep. was like, oh, huh. Okay, cool. Good yeah, friend. totally. Yeah, tiny little exchange with his homie, Yuen Wah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that was nice about just about kind of getting to this movie at this point in the arc is just getting some of that like Peking opera, Golden Harvest energy which we kind of haven't had for a little while Mm -hmm. and it's there's just something so fun about it uh even (laughs) even when the subject matter isn't always fun Um, (laughs) so yeah it's kind of cool seeing some of the our familiar faces um sure um yeah and also speaking of those familiar faces another thing i wanted to bring up is that this came out in 1990 and in 1987 i mentioned eastern condors and i think that even though these films aren't straight up parallels i think that there are a lot of thematic parallels here for mm, for one sure. uh yun is playing like a vietnamese uh, villain and in Eastern Condors right. he's like this legendary villain and you've also kind of got this whole uh, Vietnamese uh, kind of immigrant kind of struggle going right. on and mm-hmm. we're in Eastern Condors you've got everybody kind of fighting the Vietnamese over in Vietnam but here you've got kind of like these people trying to make it to Hong Kong and survive but that's still kind yeah. of a similar conflict and you do even get moments in this film that call back to kind of Vietnamese guerrilla war. Yeah, and totally. It's, it's really interesting yeah. to see that in 1990. It yeah. seems, I know it would seem like, Oh, isn't that pretty out of date? Like you're suggesting mm-hmm. this almost like, yeah, Viet Cong guerrilla mm-hmm. tactic stuff. Yeah. But, which, when I saw that, I was like, that's like, it feels like it's insinuating. They were like in the Viet Cong, even though yeah. the <laughs> youngest member of the Viet Cong would be in their forties by 1990. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they even although you, I guess Yuen Wa does have that Yuen-Wa, vibe. Like you kind of you can't you can't pin his age down. For sure, yeah. they even mention in the film that it's 1990, so you yeah. can't uh, say that's misplaced. But mm-hmm. um, also regarding immigration and kind of ethnicities, I was surprised that um, they don't directly uh, 
I mean, it's it's a subtle conflict between Karina and Joyce's characters where she kind of seems Karina Ling she kind of holds kind of a grudge against Mina because yeah. she's of mixed descent and that kind right. of builds to a head and explodes yeah. in a dramatic scene. So Yeah, kind I of, think it is implied. I mean, she calls her a mongrel. Well, mm-hmm. It's about to say um, in the yeah. dub, she straight up says half-breed in oh, that scene yeah. whenever yeah, it wow. says mongrel in the in the subs. So, I think that is definitely what they're what they're shooting for there. Sure. And it's also really interesting seeing that Joyce is playing this lead role and that that's a focus of her character. And you can imagine her living in Hong Kong being kind of this beautiful kind of of mixed descent. Maybe that she would encounter these things in her real life. And she's kind of portraying a a dimension of that in this film is interesting to me. Yeah, totally. Also, um, Similar to Angel and other movies that we've covered, uh, it's it's a lot of fun because most of the characters use their real name as their character's name. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So Joyce goes by Mina, which is part of her full name. Yeah. And even Joyce, Car- Mina Yeah, Karina Lau. Uh, her full name is Karina Lau Garling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Yun Wah, I think it's called Wah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of that. A lot of that. Yeah, it's it's actually funny on the Hong Kong movie database. It has all of their um, all their Mandarin like pronunciations of the names like instead of Wa, which is a little confusing. But but yeah, it's it's all it all of it lines up with their names. Yeah, totally. Um, And then which does make talking about it a lot easier. Yeah. What what will get tricky to talk about is um, the the sort of male lead of the movie uh, whose Tony name Long. is T- Tony Long, but he's not that Tony Long. He's a different <laughs> Tony. Okay. Long. I was wondering, cause when I saw like, I feel like we've talked about Tony Long before, but I didn't recognize this guy's like credits. So mm-hmm. yeah, totally. So this is Tony Long Gafai. So not to be confused with, you know, the famous Tony Long, uh, I think is it, Tony Long Chilwai, I think is yeah. his, his full name, the actor who we've talked about, you know, in Hard Boiled and um, boy, I'm blanking on it. Um, Wong Kar Wai's Ip Man movie, The Grand, the Grand Master. Master. Yeah. Grand Master. All right, well, let's dive into the movie itself. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Love blooms on the battlefield of Hong Kong streets. But when Spectre Mina marries into the Wong family, she gets more than she bargained for. Along with her husband, Inspector Bo, comes his police force sisters who don't take kindly to having her in the mix. Mina struggles to win over her new family, and when things turn lethal, this lady will be seeing red. Corey Yuen returns to the Girls with Gun genre with his dramatic take on Hong Kong action. Joyce Gidenzi and Karina Lau track down the ruthless Yoon Hua and Agnes Aurelio as they make their escape. Mina gets pushed to the brink to exact her revenge, but make no mistake. She shoots straight. So the movie starts in a way that I don't think I don't think we've had any other movies in the show thus far start with a wedding, have we? No, I don't think so. No. And it's a really yeah. cool scene too cuz it's like this sort of uh, police wedding at this big uh like I think it's a courthouse building. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, Corey Yun gets 
gets really a, a lot of cool uh, kind of elements in in the camera here. A lot of extras. There's kind of a funny little fake out where um, <laughs> you see uh, Samo kind of all mm-hmm. dressed up and he's like walking down the aisle. Um, and I think he's with uh, Sandra Ng's character, I believe. Right. And, um, and then it turns out it's like, oh, yeah, no, we've got to get out of the way. Like, we're just sort of like the bridal party or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I thought that was funny and so we soon learn that um uh well we meet joyce's character who's the bride and we see that she's marrying into um this incredible family with tons of powerful female energy um <laughs> led by this amazing matriarch played by uh tong pikwan and this was um did you say her second to last film before yeah, she passed away? Yeah, her second to last film. She passed away, I think, 92. So Yeah. And boy, she is magnetic. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. She's awesome. On screen. It's that kind of thing where it's like you really, you don't have to suspend much disbelief that everyone in the movie, well, except for this jerky police sergeant who we'll get to, um, <laughs> just totally respects and is kind of in awe of this woman. Yeah. But yeah, she's she's like, I'm pretty sure this is the first movie we've seen with her. Um, cause again, this is, I looked up, it was 91 when she passed away. So just the next year, gotcha. but she's been an actor. She's been an actress in Hong Kong since like the fifties. And she was actually in, uh, my favorite, uh, credit of hers that I found was, uh, she was in one of the, the many, uh, Quan talking Wong Fei Hung movies. I'm and so I'm so happy that you because I looked this up too. I know what it, you're gonna say right now. <laughs> and she was in those called Wong Fei Hung's Three Battles with the Unruly Girl, and she played the Unruly Girl. <laughs> that's so. dude, that's awesome. That, it's it's these moments when I know our research just lines up because yeah. we don't talk about our research beforehand. <laughs> and I was like, once I saw her, she literally has like 280 some credits. I'm like, yeah, 284. Right. There's no way that she was not in a film with Quantock King. So like <laughs> right, I, right. I had to look that up and I saw that she was in uh mm-hmm. yeah, three three Wong Fei Hung films and that one was the standout for me. Yeah. <laughs> so good, so awesome. good. Um yeah. the other thing I can say about her is that um yeah, uh unfortunately she passed shortly after this film. But in this time, in the late 80s, early 90s, she kind of had a resurgence in popularity because she was part of the uh, the kind of variety show that we talked about a couple of times called Enjoy Yourself Tonight in Hong Kong. So she was on a like a drama segment of that show called The Seasons, and she played the mother figure on that ah. show. And uh, she became really popular and kind of known for that persona. So I feel like she's channeling a lot of that same energy in this film, where it's almost like um, I mentioned Lydia uh, Shum in uh, Drunken Tai Chi. Yeah, we yeah, talked about Lydia a couple that, times. She was also in. Um, yeah, what I was say, the other uh, one? Uh, shoot, it was the first. Uh, yeah, it was the Lao Garlong movie. action. Um, uh, <laughs> well, with the chainsaw. Uh, <laughs> we're we're messing up. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so, because yeah, the dudes are like hiding in the department yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, the department store, and they're like in the lingerie section, yeah, I think. And yeah. she has like some fun it, and games with it. them. It was uh, Tiger on the Beat. Tiger, Tiger on, on the, the Beat. beat. There That's you go. That's the one. <laughs> so we saw her, and actually, she had a similar style to what you see 
with uh, Tong Piquan here, this kind of bouffant hairstyle with the dark glasses. Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, so she kind of was uh, had had this, like I said, this resurgence in popularity yeah. Yeah, the, right the around the time did, of this. Right. Yeah, 80s hair did not die overnight um, <laughs> when we hit 1990. So yeah, this is still very much an 80s movie despite coming out in 1990. Yeah, yeah totally. For sure. Um, so let's see. So in the wedding, um, there's this kind of cool device where uh, Samo's character and then the actual wedding photographer are trying to take these pictures. Mm-hmm. And um, it's this really nice view of this, of this whole family. But uh, the the sister of the groom wing, Karina Lau's character, she's like totally sulking off to the side. Mm-hmm. And this is where we see that she and her brother have this like extremely close, um, almost kind of strangely close, uh, yeah. relationship. Let's say swim fans. This yeah, very, very <laughs> close brother, sister relationship. Yeah. The infamous <laughs> commercial, um, uh, Folgers, right? Yeah. Yep. It's Folgers. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> What are you doing? You're my present this year. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it's, he's basically saying, it's like, oh, I know you th- you're think that you're going to lose me or, or whatever. Um, and he's trying to kind of encourage her to be, to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, I like that we're kind of baking in those kind of the relationship complications here. And then very, very soon into this scene, uh, we have kind of an interruption from Mina's job. So this, is he a sergeant? I can't remember his title at the beginning. He's like the, the chief. Yeah, chief. Yeah, Lyle. the chief. You know, and, and, and in this opening scene, I kind of like the guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's interrupt interrupting the wedding, but he's coming with a bouquet and like a letter. Uh, Mina reads it and she finds out like, oh, okay, not even a, like a day off for a honeymoon or whatever. I have to kind of go back to work tomorrow. And there's just something about... Yeah, I just feel like it's a unique scene. We see her, she's like in her wedding gown. Yeah. Uh, you know, the wedding's just finished and she's having to talk about, you know, work and um, her role as, like, as a police officer. So it's kind of a cool setup here. Also, what I really appreciate is um, when we see Samo and Joyce in the movie, it's not like they're like muting whatever real life chemistry they have. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and kind of just, yeah, focusing on these roles. Samuel just totally seems like he'd be like the nice little kind of like brother figure. Mm-hmm. And he's he's actually a godson to um to this family. Um so yeah, they've his connection. They talk about a couple of times in the film that they had like a father figure that passed away and it seemed like he was a big part of the police force and a big part of like that kind of police family. So uh, mm-hmm. a couple of times in the film He'll come up and it would be like, you know, when he was around, he took care of you. Why are you treating us this way? Yeah. This kind of situation. Um, Chief Lau is played by David Lau, and he was the lawyer in uh, Police Story. That that really hilarious uh, police uh, courtroom yeah. scene with the tape. Yeah, oh, that he right. he played the lawyer there. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then next scene I love. It's kind of. Um, Real we quick, s- the scene ends oh, with one of my favorite freeze frames oh, yeah. we've seen in a while, where where Samo's doing like a self timer thing with the camera, <laughs> yeah, and totally. it and it cuts to all of them looking over to him jumping into the picture at the last second, looking to the right, and he's like barely in the frame at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, totally ruined. Uh, that's, that's really fun. Yep. Yeah, it's really great. 
And then the next scene, uh, this is really cool. Um, we see uh, the mother of the groom with, and this is her sister. I was never clear on the relationship. It kind of seemed like a one. servant of the yeah. family. Okay. Yeah, like gotcha. a, yeah, like a housemaid kind of thing. Okay, gotcha. And they're kind of reviewing the wedding and they're talking about, um, they're alluding to like the tea ceremony, which is um, a feature of a lot of uh, Chinese weddings where the bride and groom will sort of serve tea to the elders. So she's sort of talking about that and it's like, okay, we're now on the other side of that, but she's polishing this revolver yeah. during the scene. And it's just, and it's this huge, amazing. like 44 yeah. Magnum, like this ridiculous gun. There are a handful of shots in the film where they, sh- they like framed the, the firearms and like the ammo really beautifully yeah where you see it like perfectly placed in a yeah, case very, with the bullets all lined up yeah maybe like wherever they right <laughs> like wherever they got the gun it's like okay you can use this but yeah you got you have to show it, it. Yeah. nice <laughs> um so now we get our first that, big our first big kind of action scene yeah at this like fashion show where uh the ladies are kind of going kind of undercover I love the, the the like the bad dudes are. Uh, it's kind of unclear what they're trying to do at first, but uh, finally they're trying to like kidnap this like dignitary. And yeah, totally. They throw in this like smoke bomb, to, and I yes. first yeah, thought like it was right, going to be like a poison right smoke into or the runway but. show. Yeah, um, and it, they also established that um, you know it's a really kind of uh, abstract presentation of this uh fashion collection or whatever some of the models were coming in on these like oh, yeah, zip lines these zip lines um so uh wing ends up kind of using the zip line I-, I like that there's a there's an effective shorthand in this action sequence which is basically comes down to like girls good boys bad and it, it, <laughs> it helps you it's like has that kind of like schoolyard quality um, mm-hmm. or it helps you really kind of track what's going on. Like you're saying, Matthew, we don't entirely know yeah. enough of the context here, but yeah. And also really, on a second watching, I realized that all but one of the bad guys are white. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, totally. Which is kind of, which is just kind of like, huh, okay. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but it's just like, huh, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, there's and, some faces that you'd recognize from yeah, films Bruce Fontaine. This. Yep, they're... On the HKMDB page, they have Jeff Falcon listed, and that's a dude that I really like from this era. He's awesome in any film that he's in, but I couldn't find him. So I don't know if maybe that uh, I just wasn't looking hard. I'm looking pretty hard, but um, (laughs) uh, maybe the crediting is wrong. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about him in a film when we cover something that he's in. Yeah, awesome. And Um, then... um, yeah, the, the action sort of moves to a parking garage, which uh, we've seen a lot of good parking garage uh, sequences, including, I think, our very last movie. Um, mm-hmm. There's a there's a shot in particular I really like where Corey's got the um, camera mounted to the side of the car. Oh, yeah. And then he does that again, um, like mounted to the side of a motorcycle later. And yeah, both really effective. I've got to say, yeah, Corey's movie really moves um, mm-hmm. until it doesn't. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> um, it's in general, it has this really kind of zippy pace, but really kind of uh, fun, pushed camera angles, uh, very much kind of a comic book flavor, um, mm. which, yeah, I think you could say is kind of part of his his visual language. If you're familiar with any of his like American work, like something like The Transporter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do like that uh, 
uh, Joyce, Mina's her outfit that she's wearing is supposed to be like this exotic outfit because she's supposed to be dressed like this dignitary princess or whatever she is. But it ends up looking kind of like a hero's outfit. It's like this black, like a kind superhero, of superhero <laughs> yeah. looking thing. Mm. And um, she's very daring. She's not afraid to get in the middle of this action. And I, I really like she has this short interaction with one of the kidnappers where he's holding a gun to her and she ends up doing like a like a flip and so they land yeah. face to face on the ground and uh she ends up uh dodging a shot to her head and then using the gun it's like upside down gun kill yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's really interesting and then um and talk about outfits one of the one of the sisters on the case she always has these like kind of like androgynous kind of outfits on. Yeah, and yeah, totally. she is straight up wearing hammer pants in this oh, scene. Yeah, man. Yeah, really. Talk colorful. about nineteen ninety, <laughs> um, dude. It's it's awesome. Yeah, when the action gets into chase outside of the parking lot, Joyce is leaping on top of cars, and there are a lot of shots. Like I said, I really enjoy when you can see that it's them doing it, and you can mm-hmm. see that she's literally hanging on top of the car there is some doubling so like there's a stunt where she almost gets run over by a motorcycle and you can see that there's a stunt double like a dude is doubling for her in that scene i mean that's a fun thing about the movie too is when you see the doubling like the double for um karina Lau in the earlier scene you know um is wearing pumps and a wig and everything and it's like oh that's pretty cool Um, also in general the doubling uh is usually in moments um where there there would be maybe more of a major injury um Mm -hmm. if there is any kind of pattern to it that i've seen like the doubling particularly in the fights later um often the kicking and even some of the acrobatic stuff are the the actual actors, um, but a lot of the receiving of the kicks and punches is kind of where you see the doubles come in. Yeah, yeah. You've got a big stunt here where she's riding a dirt bike and the goons see like a chemical truck and they blow it up. So she like does like a, I don't know, like a Terminator 2 riding a bike through flames. Oh, through the fire. oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really And then when cool. she drives the motorcycle on the car, that's actually something she uh, referenced in this uh, Jehovah's Witness article. Amazing. Um, what the yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not in like a theological way or whatever, but it was like, <laughs> I think she was just kind of describing um, the intensity of working in action cinemas. She was saying mm-hmm. like, unlike Hollywood, there aren't always doubles. So, you know, I would do things like drive a motorcycle onto a car. Very cool. Sure. It's interesting, though, because she ends up taking out the bad guys. But for me, it's like the the hostage is in the car and she ends up like tumbling the car and everybody they show all the kidnappers all bloody and beaten mm-hmm. they never show the they don't show the princess the princess <laughs> right. so it's like what happened to this lady there's a couple of moments Excuse where me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the the action kind of glosses over some plot things and i'll bring another kind of big one yeah. to me later <laughs> in the film but what i happens... mean i guess it's not far removed from the angel school of <laughs> well it worked kind of yeah right? yeah <laughs> totally yeah 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 so uh no one important I mean... got hurt so <laughs> uh naturally mina was like the star of this mm-hmm. uh operation so she's getting some accolades in like a press event but you can see that the other girls are kind of bitter yeah. about that especially ling and um Samuel, you see Samuel now. 
Right. And it's interesting because I feel like just watching the events, it's clear that Mina's character isn't someone that wants the limelight, you know, or is trying to steal any attention, but she's in that kind of like age old dilemma of being sort of misunderstood from the drop. And there's a little, you know, obviously there's kind of a power dynamic too, if she's getting promoted um, in the same police force that her sisters in law, you know, work at, that gets to be a little tricky. And then, yeah, we see her kind of, um, I don't know what to call her sort of lame husband walk in with the uh, flowers trying to mm-hmm. congratulate her. Um, and then he's kind of, yeah, he's picking up on, or actually he's not really picking up on the dynamic. Um, Samo has to kind of like point out to him like, yeah, yeah, do you see your sister Ling is like not too happy. And there's a really interesting scene with his sister Ling. Um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely of its time and of its place and culture, but uh, I imagine there's a lot of honesty to it, um, at least where these characters would be coming from. Wing is putting this, uh, kind of putting this pressure on her brother, like, oh, you're the man. Like, yeah, how you're the you man. Be? How can mm-hmm. you let her, you know, show you up, basically? Yeah, totally. Um, and so we kind of see these, like, very kind of traditional Mm -hmm. uh, gender politics here, but also this, this maybe like unhealthily attached uh, relationship (laughs) here. And yeah, for for me, it was like, okay, so like all of these siblings are on the police force together and it's kind of creating drama. If, (laughs) if I was on the police force, I'd be like, you guys shouldn't work together. We're going to move you guys somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. And this is causing trouble. It's funny. There are a couple points in the movie where, um, people try to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. but as the viewer, you're kind of not, not on their side. No, don't do that. But thinking in real world, no, you should definitely do that. That would be, (laughs) that would be the right move. Um, Bo's character's kind of weird too. So we're we're moving Bo into is, uh, Tony Long's character, the yeah. husband. Right. Um He's called Toby in the dub. Which I thought was oh, nice. You know, <laughs> oh, I messed perfect. up. I did not watch the dub. So it what what type of dub is it? It's is it... it's a very like late nineties kind of dub. The music's the same, which is nice, but it's like mm. that kind of the kind of stable of actors that was in like super cop and stuff like that oh okay gotcha Um, gotcha so it's it's fine you know i've never chased after glory i just do my best and get on with it that's the way i've always done things that's why i've always idolized you but you're a man toby you can't let her take the limelight um there's a couple of a couple of bits where it's like okay all right i get it but (laughs) like it feels like it's trying a little too hard to be like a just like a little edgy just like a just like that tiny bit of nineties edge thrown in there. Gotcha. Um, some of that but, radical attitude. But for the most part it's really good. And there's some yeah. lines that genuinely are, are pretty funny based on nice. the, the delivery. Nice. So I'll definitely I, go back and listen to the dub mm, after this. Yeah, ditto. I also like uh we've got uh characters here, uh especially in the case of Bo, who are just like so self aware that it's kind of hysterical. Uh I wrote this down. <laughs> Um, yeah, here's what he says in that exchange. You know how I deal with things. I don't like to compete or get praised. I don't mind what people think. Um, so he's like, yeah, very (laughs) self actualized. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's very useful. I guess watching the movie, it's like, oh, okay. That's what you're like. Good. Got it. 
Um, but then his sister says, yeah, that's why you're my hero, but you're a man and you should get more praise than your wife. Um, <laughs> yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. But Yeah. Well, but before well, you get, the, go, you go, the yikes, the yikes gets completely overshadowed by the yikes. Yeah, the exactly. So. Yes. The next scene is kind of the scene establishing them as a newlywed couple. And you've got a moment where Mina is getting ready for bed and then Bo shows up feeling kind of frisky and she's kind of like what did she say she's like we we made a promise that we wouldn't have a kid until after she gets yeah, a promotion she, yeah, yeah totally. she got to a superintendent I and there's a yeah. lot of euphemisms about like little yeah. Bo is awake and, yeah that's uh, actually that's one thing in the dub they actually do a really good job with oh nice is, is translating that pretty well so oh cool oh, so they put a yeah. bit of effort into like localizing jokes so to save us time <laughs> The little bird is gonna come out without his raincoat. Here he comes! Hey, I want children, but I want to make superintendent one day. So until then, if the little bird isn't going to wear his raincoat, then he's going to have to stay in his nest, okay? Oh, it's, yeah, okay. It, it's funny. If the scene ended in a different spot, I would I would actually say like, really oh, it's sweet. kind of a cute, yeah, it's kind of a cute dynamic, but the way oh, it no. ends <laughs> is, yeah, Mina's like handed him the condom and then he gets sort of all giddy and takes out this like sewing needle or this pin and just like puncturing the condom and kind of like laughing the whole way yeah. through. It's like, what? Whoa, that's super not cool. <laughs> that's so messed up. Yeah. Oh man, bad news, guys. Come on. So again, what are you doing? again, definitely of the time, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. So especially like how I guess how you're supposed. And I have to imagine that this, yeah, this wouldn't have played to audiences like, oh, how dare he? They must have been no, I mean, laughing like, along oh, with that, it or that something. Because, yeah, because ultimately the movie views this as a good thing, um, mm-hmm. the way it the way it plays out, which is even more, yeah, WTFE or yeah. whatever. <laughs> and again, like I said, that the last movie, you can tell that it was written by a woman. You can tell this is written by a man. So, Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> so the next Speak- scene's really cool. Uh yeah. Uh we we're in a uh the subs say that it's a Vietnamese refugee camp. I think it's kind of more of a prison camp than a refugee camp. Right. Um and we get to see our uh Yunhua uh kind of breaking out. Um It's like this Looney Tunes escape. It really is. It's this cocky yeah, it's got like this putting, mast thing that they like. I, yeah. I like the knocking that opens it where there's this kind of like uh telephone game of like I knock on this cell and then you knock on that cell. Um mm-hmm. and it's all very nonverbal. Um cool bit of filmmaking there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they literally build a pipe tall enough to arch over the wall of this in you know, prison or whatever, and they just lower him into the water. I was like, Really? Is that easy, guys? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then they somehow follow him. Um, yeah. They must use the same trick. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and then we really also great. get introduced to Ling, the, uh, not Ling. Um, it wasn't Ying, isn't the character's name? But it's Agnes um, Ar- yeah. Aurelio. Aurelio. Yeah. yeah. So, it's Agnes Aurelio's character. Um, yeah. Ying, I don't actually sorry, know. Not Ling, Ying, different one. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I don't know too much about her. All I know is that. Uh, she's American, yeah, a Filipino she's American descent. born, and I think yeah. she lives in like Denver or something now. <laughs> that was like oh, one of the nice. random facts that I found about her. Cool. Um, 
But yeah, but she's awesome and she's freaking jacked. And I love that you don't yeah, totally. you don't know that she's jacked until like almost the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you have to establish that Yun Wah's bad, right? Oh, so yeah. you have this next scene where they're meeting with some uh, gun runners and they need some guns because they want to what you find out is they want to like rob a nightclub. And, uh, of course, the gun deal goes bad. And there's some pretty brutal uh, gun action here where uh, uh, they think that they're being held up. But then another guy comes and holds up the gun runner. And uh, Yoon Wah's character is pretty ruthless. He does not hesitate to shoot people right in the face. There's a couple of shots where it's literally like two heads in the foreground. And Mm -hmm. he's just pointing a gun at each of them and just blowing them away. Yeah. This is one one of the edgy kind of things is in the dub because um, they he these guys are Vietnamese and uh, the drug the gun runner guy is like you know I'm not so sure about Vietnamese which like you know I, like that adds to that character but in the dub <laughs> Yoon Wah's character follows it up and he calls the other guy the the sea slur <laughs> which oh, I was not Whoa. expecting to hear in this uh, in this movie. <laughs> nice. I was like, whoa, oh, okay. <laughs> Guess we're doing that. Um, but again, that adds to this kind of like cultural kind of racial tension, I guess, between the two of them, the whole immigrant story thing, like you are saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's also interesting how they um, kind of depict the language uh, stuff here. So his henchman who's played by uh, Lam Kai Wing. He's meant, meant to be speaking Vietnamese to Yuen Hua's character. Mm-hmm. And that's where it kind of brings out some of their kind of yeah. like, you know, nationalist headbutting or whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't think Yuen Hua's uh, character is kind of always speaking Cantonese. So it, yeah, it kind of works. There's a really great shot at the end of this because they're in this like bird market and they're making their way out this narrow corridor and Yun Wah has like an automatic rifle and he's just lighting everybody up and you see all these people getting hit with squibs and stuff but the thing that really seals it for me is it ends on this like folding wipe for the scene (laughs) it's such a (laughs) weird so great like well, of all the wipes uh, to decide it's so funny yeah it's really really good really good we get a brief scene where we see that uh uh chief lao the the kind of scumbag boss guy kind of like hitting on mina <laughs> oh yeah big that's time. right and i, I love, about I love how scene. she handles this yeah um Again, talking about like the burden that this character is always experiencing, she's got to kind of like fend off her, her husband, um, you know, off when she's off the clock, and then um, you know, fend off her superior. Here, it's a you know, yeah, it's a frustrating situation to be in. But um, yeah, I just love how powerful Mina is, um, and I don't know, she's this kind of. Uh, this character that can kind of do no right in the eyes of the people around her. Um, (laughs) But I feel like as the audience, we're just constantly seeing her kind of like act with, with virtue um, or kind of making the best decisions she can in really tough situations. So the next scene is this uh, nightclub uh, heist. And I I like there's a device that they're using where they're going to turn the power off. So it's completely dark, but they have these infrared goggles 
that looks yeah, like you're playing yeah. the virtual boy yeah. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, totally. um, so uh, the scene is pretty good. There's kind of like this stakeout build up to it. And yeah. there's this um, preface to it where the ladies have to go undercover in this nightclub. And they're kind of, ex- it seems like they're gonna expect to encounter some sleazeball. So yeah. they're pretty upset about it. And then on top of that, they're they're going to be led by Mina. So you can see that they're all pissed off about that yeah. too. So it kind of, this is the situation that I was talking about where it's like, okay, if you got all these kind of family drama things in the middle of this, as a supervisor, wouldn't you be like, nah, we got to get rid of this. But, you know, yeah. for the sake of the film, it adds tension. And well, and the uh, supervisor is they- trying to like, he's commenting. He's like, what is it with this Wong family? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you, the supervisor is also this kind of yeah, yeah. scumbaggy guy. Um, that dude's the worst. <laughs> but yeah, so totally. they end up in the nightclub. And of course, you see some sleazeballs trying to put their hands all over these girls. But uh, really what ends up happening. Yeah, it's almost a step-by-step guide for like, it's like me too. Um, <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Well, it's like. There are some really hilarious, like horrible lines though, where he's like. Something along the lines of pretty but dumb women are the best, but ugly but clever women. Those girls are trouble. Like, it's like, holy crap. (laughs) Saying the quiet part loud. Yeah. Um, So, okay. Actually, because of that little instance, Mm. uh, Ling kind of stands up to this guy and she holds a gun and he gets pissed off and that blows their cover. So uh, he complains to who we see is Ying, Agnes Aurelio's character, that a cop was hassling him, and that's not why he's here. So mm-hmm. Yumwa ends up kind of holding her up, and this is right in the middle of everything uh, going crazy. Mm-hmm. So uh, they turn the power off, and everything starts getting nuts and that's a great a great subtitle is when all the power goes out it shows all the people still on the dance floor and they're saying oh it's even better in the dark yeah (laughs) also we should say that this like hopping nightclub that is worth robbing basically just plays like this instrumental doo-wop song while like 14 people slow dance Yeah, it's definitely like the yeah the one six four five yeah you know kind of duopy chord thing. But it's just funny how the club is um, kind of set up before we see it. It's like oh man, this is like the yeah. happening nightclub, and it's more like a I don't know like a supper club or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> supper club, yeah. nice. <laughs> supper club's a thing that I never even knew what that was until my wife and I drove like up t- north of wisconsin we saw all these things like supper club so i'm like what the hell is this <laughs> you're I like mean, i want to be in the club <laughs> yeah i'm I like I'm supper puerto- <laughs> yeah i'm puerto rican i never heard of a supper club i don't know <laughs> um but i had um, a supper club until about a minute ago so oh well there you go I, <laughs> oh I, nice i guess it's a restaurant it's but a- fancy or something i don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I think of it as more of this kind of like old fashioned, kind yeah. of like outmoded, um, yeah, kind of like yeah, quasi restaurant, quasi mm. concert. I think they usually work. Mm. Actually, I think um, in the movie Fargo, uh, <laughs> when 
to uh, really hammer down the the midwesternness <laughs> of it all. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, when they're going to see Jose Feliciano, um, oh, Marge, I love that guy. Like, I think isn't it Marge and her husband? Um, I think that's I like a supper club a kind of vibe. Yeah, but anyways, this the, the <laughs> we're shootout. talking about. The virtual boy goggles, guys. Yeah. Let's get yeah, back to that's that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's great like because it's... Be- yeah, totally. It's just that red... It's basically the flashback murder revenge filter. Yeah, um, yeah. But it works really well here for um, the, I guess, night vision goggles. I also like that Yunhua has kind of these like um, fitted lenses that can just go over his glasses mm-hmm. to do the trick. Some fun moments of people flying through glass, as you would expect to see in gun action at this time. But it's cool to see the ladies doing these really cool leaps. And uh, basically what ends up happening here is they do end up getting away, but uh, Yunwa's bro gets killed. So this is going to incite the revenge Mm -hmm. of Yunwa now. And they have like this like ritual of the the Vietnamese gang guys, uh, where they like cut a part of their hair and like throw mm-hmm. it on this fire with a picture of their 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 dead comrade. Yeah, that's a cool sequence. It's given me some ideas for a quarantine. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now we get to see uh, Mina kind of getting kind of chewed out, but also base. She's not getting chewed out because the. Because the operation went wrong, but because she, in her report, she's basically trying to cover for Ling because it's kind of yeah, Ling's fault totally. that it went down that way. Um, yeah, and this is another moment when Lao's just like being pretty shitty because yeah. he he. I think they, I, I they literally to, wrote. I literally wrote Lao is a chauvinist piece of shit in my notes. Yeah, and they come to. It seems like they come to an understanding where she's like, okay. Uh, my mother-in-law's birthday is like today. Tom- yeah. today. Yeah. So yeah. at least if you do go through with this, wait until after that. And he's uh, like, okay, sure. And then immediately after that, yeah. you see that, uh, yeah, Ling's been served her yeah. like disciplinary papers and she shows up in the locker room and it turns into this huge argument. And this is where it builds the head where Ling kind of just, calls her out as being like a mongrel or yeah. what'd you say uh, in the dub mix? she says she says a half, half breed, breed. Which, yeah. like, ooh. which i have a feeling it's one of those like kind of just like whenever you're mad at someone and you're just like finding the finding the absolute mm-hmm. like lowest base thing you can say right. mean about but them. yeah wing keeps pressing on that button yeah. um mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I, I i really thought this was an effective scene especially it's like um, what I would expect in in a movie, like what I was thinking this movie was going to be, you know, made by kind of like your fun-loving Peking opera boys. It's like, oh, okay, there's going to be this fight in the locker room. But it's really all about character here. Um, mm, there's, yeah. it's, not, it's not kind of a sensationalized scene that I think you would sort of you'd sort of expect. And again, Mina is just put in this hor- like horrible position. And uh, I, it's that frustrating thing where it seems like her sisters-in-law really have no idea who she is. You know, it's like mm-hmm. she's sort of she's so prejudged. It's it's actually the opposite of what Ling thinks. I mean, it was going out of her way to try to cover for yeah. her. She didn't want this to happen, and if she was forced to sign this thing, and then she didn't want it coming out today, and of course that all kind of um, 
blows up. But yeah, Wing pushes things too far because Bo comes in and she says it again and again and again. Yeah. Um, that, you know, she's a, um, I didn't write down the, a mongrel the Cantonese word, but yeah, a mongrel mm-hmm. or a half breed. Yeah. And he like raises his hand to her and she's like, you've never hit me in all of my life together. You wouldn't do that. And then she says it again and yeah, he totally slaps her <laughs> yeah. and she, she is enraged mm-hmm. and yeah. crying. I did, and, yeah. yeah. I did a little, a little homework on the term guaylo. Uh, you know, it's a term oh, great. that uh, you'll see used to describe foreigners in Hong Kong. And it's kind of got, I guess it's like a context-based term where it can be pretty derogatory sometimes, but also I've heard people say that it's not as bad. The, the, I think it literally means ghost man, which is like a... <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, but I, I was trying to see if, if this is like really an offensive offensive word, but um, based on what I was reading, uh, it, it kind of seems like it has multiple uses. But right. I mean, the bottom line is... That I mean, kind of Wing's like a, definitely using it to sting here. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. This is a situation where you could see something like that being like used to like twist the knife she she even she goes one step further in telling her that she's glad they haven't conceived yet because she didn't want like an impure like descendant which is like oh damn that's that's rough and uh we talked about joyce's like facial expressions and it's like not just in the intensity when she's fighting but you see the like she looks so sad in these scenes like ridiculously sad and it is like a lot has to do with how emotive her eyes oh, yeah. are. She has these massive eyes. Like she kind of looks like an anime character. She really yeah, does. totally. Yeah, well, and there's yeah. just this. She has this like tragic air about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's actually really interesting, kind of combining that with her like on-screen martial arts prowess. It's it's yeah. I think a super unique combination. Um, the scene after the locker room is is. Oh, it's fun. Um, so uh, she's just kind of falling apart. And so she and Bo are kind of just like squeezing each other. And, you know, she's crying. And Samo's character walks by. That's funny. He takes he takes out this handkerchief and, <laughs> and he just starts like picking his nose super deep um, <laughs> every possible like part of this handkerchief. And then he walks over to, to hand it to her, but it's definitely meant to be like almost like a, I don't know, three stooges. Yeah. Oh Marx yeah. Marx brothers. He kind of gag. Um, it's and like, I a, love the extra layer that it's like, Oh yeah, this is like husband and wife. <laughs> yeah. Like doing this. The shot of him, like getting all the boogers out is like almost like 10 or 12 seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, can I get another take? Yeah. Yep. Um, how this ends then is that uh, Joyce gives Bo a little gift that she plans to give to the mother-in-law. And that kind of puts But again, a she's on... like not going to take credit. He even says like, oh, you are the one who actually always buys the gifts. And she's like, no, it should come from you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... F- Funny, thinking about it a little bit more, um, I think actually Mina and Ling, they have a lot to offer each other. Um, you know, Mina isn't like a shrinking violet or anything like that, but she does, she takes on the weight and pressure of other people. And again, bird, she bears this burden. Um, she doesn't take shit necessarily. 
and she's she's very strong, but she allows herself to be to be misunderstood and viewed in this wrong way and kind of saving face. And Ling sort of has none of it. You know, she kind of shoots her mouth off and gets in trouble that way. But it's they each could kind of use some of the other's energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, how Ling's little segment ends is she's writing like an apology letter to uh, Bo and Mina, but she ends up picking up a phone call that is leading her to an ambush, basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, they say to come to the park, and they're looking for uh, Bo. Yeah. So uh, or they. I like that she has like yeah. e- even her like solution for trying to rectify this is also super hot headed and like mm-hmm. you know not thought through. And yeah, um, yeah. And I think that uh, right here is when. I think the pace of the film starts to really pick up. Mm-hmm. So you've got mm-hmm. uh, Mina and Bo. They find out that there was a phone call and they listen to the recording. So they also go to the park. And this is what I alluded to earlier. It's almost like this Vietnamese guerrilla war <laughs> yeah. segment where they ambush them and they're using all these like bamboo traps and swinging logs mm-hmm. and explosives. So it it starts with... Ling holding a gun up to who she thinks is the informant, but it's actually like a dummy with an explosive on it. And um, once that goes off, they're separated from Bo, and he starts to get messed up. <laughs> the first thing is like a like a wooden like javelin, like stabs him in the chest, and then he ends up getting like pulled up into the air. It's almost like um, at the beginning of uh, Naked Gun. Uh, oh. OJ Simpson's character <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he just things just keep getting worse Whatever and worse and guy? worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, but in a reverse yeah. OJ Simpson situation, Tony Long's the one that gets stabbed. And yeah. oh, yeah. nice, <laughs> well, well oh, played. <laughs> There's a lot of cool uh, stunt work here where you've got people falling from pretty high up. And uh, you see the girls are getting pretty roughed up in yeah. the middle of this, too. So it's it's pretty awesome. There's it's a, a short scene. There's a cool slow-mo shot where they throw, like, a Molotov cocktail at Mina. And oh, she does, that's like, the favorite. slow-mo kick it out of the way. She and she does, has, like, this yes, big flowing awesome. dress on to, mm-hmm. to really emphasize it. Yeah, it's so cool. That's my favorite uh, shot of this whole segment. She does, mm-hmm. like a perfect like soccer bicycle kick yeah, like yeah. that kind of backflip like high kick and she kicks the molotov perfectly and it does this perfect rotation after she kicks it mm-hmm. it's it's awesome but yeah so bo but, ends up getting yeah. really brutally he murdered gets super killed like it's yeah. ridiculous but he's yep. he's in like a net with this like bamboo spear sticking through him and we see the the gift that he that uh, that Mina gave him falling onto the crowd. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, like on a man. string for part of that yeah. shot. You can see the string hanging yeah. off of it. And then this is this is the part where I had feelings because the next twenty minutes of the movie is everyone being really really sad that Bo's dead. It's <laughs> it's a little excessive. No, that's oh, that's okay. that's interesting. I, I I could totally see it being read that way. Mm-hmm. For me, I I think Bo's death is like the context to it. But I found all this to be about the dynamic and actually the gender politics of these women in that in this culture. And so maybe for whatever reason, like I was viewing it that way. And so this was actually my favorite part of the movie. 
Um, just because I, I don't think I've seen this sequence before where, um, and it's def- you would definitely never see it in a Western film. Basically, um, it's the ultimate uh, motivation to save face. So mm-hmm. both Ling um, and Mina basically agree like, okay, what's just happened? Or like her only son has been brutally murdered. Yeah. We can't tell her. It's her birthday. It's on and, her birthday. Yeah. And so the way that that plays out, um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. For for whatever reason, for me, who Bo was actually like wasn't really a part of this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was, it was like a part a, of it because I It was a way think... that I got to... I guess yeah. I didn't think that Bo was a very especially good person. So, yeah, I, no, I think that's so true. So, in my mind, I was like, this whole scene is just completely predicated on everyone being super duper sad that he's dead. And it's like, well, okay. In my mind, that's <laughs> just, that's the motivation for, you know, for the getting the revenge at the end of the movie. But it said we're going to have 20 minutes where we're just trying to, like, it's, it's almost like, it's like the saddest Seinfeld episode where like people are trying to navigate this social situation in really like increasingly silly ways, but it's for a really, really sad reason. You know, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, a totally. really great comparison. <laughs> I, I think that's really good. Um, yeah. I'm, like the, the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme could have come on at a couple of points and would have kind of <laughs> yeah. fit. Yeah. Like when you come out and you realize everyone's watched the news. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be oh, brutal. Gosh. Oh, um, dude, yes. Bum, I, bum, I, bum. Uh, this is, yeah, this is, I think, one of the interesting, like, where it gets interesting talking about cinema and art in general and, like, how it can hit each of us differently. Um, oh, you know, I'm going to make I, a video I, of that now. Okay. <laughs> the, yeah, sorry, of them coming but, out and yeah. <laughs> the themes are But, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think I was any more <laughs> of a fan of Bo than, than you were. I really mm-hmm. don't care for Bo, but for me, I think I'm so into the story of kind of like Mina's burden. And this is kind of like the ultimate challenge of that. And, you know, I think it even says something, the fact that he isn't this great guy, it's like, she still has to bear all of this. And, um, she's kind of, you know, she's so outnumbered and clearly doesn't feel totally at home in this, in this family of really strong willed women you know one of whom (laughs) looks at her as this like mongrel or whatever Mm -hmm. um so yeah i I feel like it was it was the right catalyst um to really bring all of this to a head and then the really kind of surprising moment is that mina goes off ultimately to cry alone because she just can't like keep this facade up ling is, is really struggling with it too both of them seem totally out of character and Mama or the mother clearly sees that something is wrong, but uh, Mina's crying in the side room and the TV's on, and now there's a news report that just lays it all out explicitly. It has a photo of Bo, has his name, and his mom comes in, and she's crying. But I love this. Like, they just go into each other's arms. There's no, like, blaming mm-hmm. of Mina. It's nothing about that. And then yeah. you see you that like it's that? like, no, it's like Mina is totally accepted. Um, and kind of from this point, on um really everything that was kind of getting in the way of all these relationships is sort of is sort of gone um Mm -hmm. but yeah i I totally hear what you're saying i mean i think in some ways you could i guess i don't dislike the scene i just don't think the scene needs to be as long as it is i think it's kind of what it boils down to yeah it's also you could maybe argue it's from a totally different kind of movie or at least like I was kind of reading it. I somehow Mm -hmm. got into that kind of reading. 
Um, whereas I think maybe what it should be is this action movie that kind of keeps it the same momentum that we established, you know, <laughs> earlier and we kind of get the revenge going or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely unique, I'll say. Um, and I could see loving it or hating it or fast forwarding it. <laughs> I, I'm into how it like kind of crescendos like, oh, yeah, yeah okay. It, it could be a little long, but the way that it builds up to that point where they all know. And then I, I really like the moment when they all, when, when Mina and Madoc come out of the room, yeah. everybody's standing there waiting. Like they all know. I do like and that a lot. Yeah. It flips and turns into this memorial service. You know, it was a birthday. Now it's like a memorial service. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. I like I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think the music's really effective in it this is. scene too. Yeah, 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 totally. And also, I like that the um, the mother character kind of looks to Mina, and then like Mina's the one that kind of speaks to the situation. Yeah. Um, and, and the and the mom kind of nice. pours one out for her homies, which I like. Yeah, yeah dude, that's, that's cool. <laughs> I love that. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is followed by a funeral scene. So if this is hitting you on the like, what's going on? This is long side. This will probably be kind of tough, but but fear not. Like the action is returning to the movie. Uh, well, I had to, <laughs> right this in is, the middle of this. It's funeral. funny because whenever yeah. I got to the funeral, I was like, because that scene had ended, and then I got to the funeral, I was like, oh my god, are you kidding me? And then when I saw what happened to the funeral, I was like, oh wait, and then I rewound it and, and, and actually yes. watched the full scene. Oh man, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's your kind of typical actually funeral. There's a police procession and they have the coffin and they lay it down and it's really emotional and you have a moment where everybody's throwing their flowers into uh the grave and then out of nowhere you see a bouquet with a message on it saying like this is only just begun or something along those lines. It's so cold. And it's, yeah. uh, Mina sees this and reacts. She's like, Oh my God. And then you realize it's an explosion. Yunwa pulls the trigger and the coffin explodes. (laughs) And you're just standing there like, what just happened? You can't believe it. It's, it's awesome. I love it. (laughs) And then, Following that, you've got this situation where Mina has been injured by this and she's taken to the hospital in the emergency room and the doctor comes out and tells the family that Mina is pregnant. (laughs) And you're like, oh shit, the poked the holes through the condoms worked. (laughs) Who would have um, thought that this would have had negative consequences? (laughs) (laughs) So they have to make a decision now because the doctor says... If we use anesthesia, that could jeopardize the baby. But if we don't use anesthesia, there's like a 75% chance of success or whatever. And uh, the mom says, you know, do what you have to do to save Mina. So yeah, there's which kind is of awesome. like this, yeah, this moment where you're understanding that the family is kind of on her side more than it has yeah. been. Not and that the, I she mean, was I... ever against Mina, but it's kind of like this unifying moment for the family. Well, I think to underscore too, I think like traditionally the expectations there would be it's um, you know that 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 the child would have been more important. So and then that's what Mina says. Mina says, "No, do it without the anesthesia (laughs) to protect the kid." And then which is wild because it's not like the kid would survive if (laughs) if you died. So. 
anyway (laughs) there's this montage like this surgery montage Mm -hmm. of mina enduring this uh you know anesthesia less surgery and she's biting down on this cloth and you see as it goes on it's like turning red because of the blood because she's biting down so hard it's pretty crazy i i mean we say it a lot but i don't think i've ever seen something like this in a film (laughs) dude it'd be great for us to like put together some kind of super cut of all the I've never seen that before. (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed after this, there's this scene where Yunhua and uh, Ying are just kind of talking to each other, but it's set at night and it's dramatically lit and Yunhua just looks so dreamy here. Yeah, it looks like from like a a slow jam music video or something. um, Oh, dude, let's make it so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We got a lot of work coming up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So following this, now we get a scene of Mina in recovery and Lao shows up and he basically tells her and the rest of the family, they all show up as well, that they're off the case. They don't have to worry about it. But them being impassioned with like the revenge Mm -hmm. of the loss of their brother they're like, how, how can you do this? Yeah. So they all confront him, and that kind of boils to a head that I really like the moment where the mom, like, <laughs> she's, like, telling them, like, because uh, Samuel's character is, like, ready to fight him. Yeah. And he's like, you can't assault a cop. Like, you can't assault your superior. Yeah, and he's like, you're getting demoted. You're getting fired. It's like, <laughs> yeah. the more Samuel talks, yeah. yeah. The mom ends up being the one to sock it to him, which yeah. is really funny. Yeah, because she's like, I'm not a cop. I'm just a housewife. You can't fire me. Mm-hmm. It's funny, Lao has this kind of smarmy, confident <laughs> jerk energy to him. He does. Know? He's like the He's villain. He's smiling. He's like the villain yeah, from, he... like a, from like an 80s teen movie growing up. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I imagine he's also playing on this other level for Hong Kong audiences of the time. Like, no, you didn't just disrespect your elder like that. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think, you know, a Western viewer picks up on some of that probably, but... Um, He's, I think, even more of a jerk than you think. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a great quick scene later where they're walking by Lao, like, talking to a group of people. And Samo is, like, getting ready to give him the bird, but the, the mom stops him. And then she and then she flips him off. The uh, thing that, yeah, really puts it over is Lao's reaction to all of it. Mm-hmm. He he has this knowing glance that this is, he's like, uh, no, no get out of here once he realizes that's what's going to happen and then they do it anyway so that's really funny but um uh lao is informing his crew about their operation so uh one of the guys at the meeting is one of the men that was at the birthday party and he seems to be very cool with the family so he informs uh samuel's character and mother about what's uh going on so Yunhua's character is gonna like kind of jump on a boat to make their way he's like gonna escape to Panama I believe they say and um uh so now we have our moment where uh they all find out about what's going on and they make a plan for their revenge so it's revenge after revenge after revenge yeah (laughs) yeah Mina is like tossing and turning at night and you can tell she's like getting ready to go like try to track him down and uh ling is already at her house like waiting for her to go yeah that's yeah that kind of reminded me of yes madam you mm-hmm. know there's the moment yeah. where uh michelle yo's character that 
she's kind of pulls up in a car and Cynthia Rothrock just like there and they don't say anything to each other. They just understand that they mm-hmm. both feel the same way about the situation and they're ready to jump into action. So on the this boatman, which I think this is this is Corey Ewan, right? Like in a cameo. Yeah. Yeah, he plays yeah, the yeah, boatman. Good catch. Yeah. He's like in a um like a fishing boat and first he brings over the, the bad dudes over to the boat. And Agnes's outfit is awesome in this entire last scene because she has like mm-hmm. these yeah, like dude. these high waisted jeans, this kind of like crop top, and this really long like white like coat yeah, jacket flowy. thing. Yeah. It almost looks like a lab coat. It does, <laughs> but it looks cool. Yeah. But you're talking about fighting game characters. I feel like that's a fighting game character outfit. Yeah. Oh, totally. And actually, yeah, Mina's outfit too has mm-hmm. some really cool style to it. She's got like this it's like a tan long coat but it's not like a it's not like a burdened coat like it seems like it's still really dynamic Mm -hmm. and uh the way she looks uh i think matthew i think you mentioned you know when clothing kind of accentuates the movements of uh people in action scene and yeah with both of these outfits you you get that so Mm -hmm. um they're sneaking onto this tanker and yun has got his crew and actually chung fat uh you know one of the dudes we love he's playing a role in this film too as one of his like cohorts yeah actually there's a lot of the goons in this are are a lot of like stunt people you've seen a ton of of uh, movies yeah i forgot like, to call uh, it out but yeah even uh shu sha has a little part well, in the think, movie too so. yeah. yep yeah yeah good eye guys <laughs> um so uh mina and ling make their way to the boat too and this action sequence is uh, it's so good i actually think the last uh like 20 minutes half an hour of this film is just like top of the notch action <laughs> and sneaking around and stuff it's so much fun yeah. yeah, totally. In a really cool location, like the boat and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a Metal Gear Solid 2 tanker <laughs> yeah, totally. like, scene. Like, it's really fun. <laughs> so they they kind of jump into action. And I love it because it starts off as a little bit of a shootout. But then we get into some great like hand-to-hand kind of melee combat. Yeah, and it's all within the confines of like this machine mm-hmm. room like underside of a boat so um ling's got like two machetes that's what she's fighting with and it's so dope like uh mina's got like her hand cannon that she uses here and there and she takes a shot at yunwa right away and that's what really starts all the stuff going on but um yeah seeing ling tearing these dudes up with a dual wielding machete (laughs) setup is awesome and i love because uh whenever uh whenever they're first getting in the car, getting ready to come over here, uh, Ling shows the two machetes, and I feel like it's insinuated that she wants Mina to grab one of them, and then Mina just shows her her gun. So, Oh, I, I, I love that. So I love that's, the, the solution it to it is, well, I'll just use both of them then. <laughs> There's a really interesting, like, undercrank shot of Mina climbing through yeah, some climbing machinery. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. But the way it... The, the frame rate of it, it almost looks like stop motion animation. It's really interesting. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's always fun. interesting with the undercrank shots. Um, it's like, okay, just which gestures give it away? You know, there uh, sometimes mm-hmm. you can kind of pull it off and hardly notice. There's must just be something about how maybe like the clothing is moving or something. But mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's really unique. Also, does it need to be undercranked? Um, <laughs> There's a couple question. of scenes in this movie that are undercranked in it. Like it almost feels like it, it looks funny, but it's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally feel that. There, mm. I also love like one of the first people that she like fights. It looks like it's an old guy. Like, Mina, yeah. like, yeah, like holds oh, a stance yeah. <laughs> and there's like this old dude. And it's like, oh no, what's going to happen? Either this mm. dude's going to be amazing or he's going to, you're going to feel bad for yeah. this old guy. And you and feel, you bad, feel for bad, him. bad for the old guy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. She she does some amazing kicks. She yeah. she has There's this... a couple of incredible slow-mo round kicks. Yeah, totally. I love when she looks angry. It's like how oh, can man. yeah. How can she look so angry and fierce but also it's like you think like wow, she's really cute at the same time. <laughs> it's it's really cool. It's really cool. <laughs> but Ling isn't uh isn't a slouch either cuz she gets Dude, not at all. Incredible physical action. Like there's that amazing shot where she like slides down the stairs or like on the like the railing of the stairs on her feet. Oh yeah, that's and great. Like, this hallway fight. And there's so many great, um, really unique kind of acrobatic kicks. There are these cool like scorpion kicks. Uh, yes. And it, again, it's like the combination. Uh, this is part of what I think is cool of some of the fights and say like yes, madam. Um, just like the period clothing with this kind of martial arts is just yeah. I don't know. It's just super super exciting it's really tasty yeah you're like what's gonna happen next the the whole thing with her using the machete there's the moment where you have like almost a shining axe coming through the door (laughs) yeah and her reaction is to stab the machete through the door (laughs) that's really great and her using the machete uh like running through one guy to stab another guy and that's Mm -hmm. like the barrier she uses to help get through the hallway (laughs) so this leads to kind of a uh, supposedly final showdown between uh, Yunhua and and Joyce Cadenzi where he has like this chain and that's it, it kind of that kind of turns out to be like his weapon of choice because he uses it yeah, a couple for of times for the rest of the movie but it's it's pretty raw like they get really good in there with a lot of these 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 hits and I like how it's like morning time now like they've been here all night yeah, yeah. <laughs> um there is that moment where yun wa jumps down the staircase and does like a roundhouse kick to joyce right in the face and her reaction she like f- feels the kick but then she turns her head and just glares at him like oh shit <laughs> like <Yeah>. she's serious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not a wince of pain it's like a flash of determination <laughs> And now is when we get to see Samuel Hung in action a little bit because uh, he's he's kind of been uh, like he's been kind of piecing together what's happening and makes his way over to the to the ship. Um, and at first he's holding everyone up at gunpoint, but then uh, it turns to like a brief fight between him and some of the goons. And like he's Samuel Hung. He, he does some amazing action. If it's only like 10 seconds long, it still looks incredible. Yeah, yeah totally. And- and this is an interesting thing for me. So Yun Wah's the villain, right? They position him as this main villain throughout the whole movie. But now you kind of have this, it doesn't shift away from him, but he kind of gets like this unceremonious, like final chapter, like as the villain of this film. Yeah. Because uh, Mina ends up getting to the point where she shoots him and she has a moment where she could kill him for revenge. But uh, Samuel has you know holds her back she hesitates and um after that you've got lao uh the chief showing up being a jerk and saying hey you know you 
you guys shouldn't have done this. I'm going to arrest you now. And uh, what ends up happening after that is that uh, Agnes, uh, Ying, and Yunhua, they kind of make a break for an escape. And they actually, like, take Lao and, like, hold him hostage. But they're, like, dragging <laughs> they're him from behind him. a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really brutal. But that takes us to our final encounter in the film. So Mina hops on a motorcycle and she makes chase. And they end up in, like, this <laughs> actually has, <laughs> in this, like... In this Power Rangers quarry. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, like, common Rider energy to this because they're both... Mm-hmm. They're, oh yeah, yeah. They're on motorcycles and they're making their way into this quarry. Yeah. So uh Yun Wa actually ends up he gets killed in the middle of all of this. And you're mm-hmm. like, whoa, wait a second. Like, where's the huge like final fight between mm-hmm. Yun Wa and our hero? But uh yeah. you're rewarded for this either way because oh. uh what ends up happening is that Mina has to fight against Ying. And this is it. This is the the reason that I feel Man, like yeah. most people should watch this yeah. film. It's too good. My favorite shot of the entire movie is like Ying does this first like this first like attack on her, and then there's this slow pan like the slow zoom in while Agnes takes off her white coat and then just flexes, and then there's this amazing reaction shot of Mina's eyes just getting like huge looking yeah. at her. And I, she is in ridiculous shape, like yeah. And I feel like the music's really effective for that shot. Too. Oh yeah, totally. Oh man, it works so well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Lowell Low, uh, he's one of the composers for this. He was in Pedicab Driver, and actually, I think he did the music for Pedicab Driver too. Oh cool. There's actually right at the beginning of the movie, like when the credits start, there's this like kind of romantic theme playing, and uh, it sounds like the love theme from Saint Elmo's Fire by uh, yeah David, David Foster. Foster. Yeah, yeah, and I, you, actually you mentioned that on that episode, I remember. Yeah, there's a moment in Pedicab Driver where there's a song that sounds like it too. So I'm like, whoa, this guy yeah. must really like that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well okay so back to this fight because it's like you've got agnes looking like this mm. 80s aerobic goddess yeah. <laughs> and uh you've got joyce who looks like this uh unassuming kind of cute but nonetheless brutal fighter here so um the way that like the narrative of this fight is so rewarding you get these moments where uh the like the momentum shifts between each of them. You've got uh, Agnes doing some amazing kicks. And actually she gets this really cool moment where she almost does like a, in Tekken, there are like these unblockable moves (laughs) that have like these long startups. So they do like a, maybe two flips and then attack. And Agnes does like this double rotation to a roundhouse kick. And I'm like, that's totally a Tekken unblockable. (laughs) Like there's no way you're going to block that move. Um, she totally looks like a fighting game character it's like and that even we were talking about in our our other the anniversary episode that would be like a first round she has the white coat second round the the coat comes off dude yes yeah 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 it totally would be like that but one thing that's funny is uh we were talking about doubling there is some very obvious doubling (laughs) in this scene because like normally, you know, you're wearing the same clothes, but whenever 
it's one of them is like this incredibly in shape woman wearing like a, a crop top. And then it cuts to a dude who's With also the, in good shape, but yeah. like, you know, in a different kind of good shape. Yeah. More of a, a testosterone yeah. thing. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's, it, there's something fun about that tradition of doubling yeah. too. We mentioned it's like in a skirt and pumps and here it's like yeah. <laughs> in a sports bra and like, yeah. you know, eighties hair wig. It's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Um, it's funny. Also, I think what's maybe a little tricky is, uh, some of those doubled shots end up getting that kind of like post slow motion. Yep. Um, so yeah. you, you, you can't miss them. Yeah, the the I, the one I think that we're talking about is there's this really awesome choreographed moment where Agnes is doing a roundhouse kick and you see that uh Joyce like preemptively does a forward flip to avoid the kick, but that leaves an opening for her to do this like axe kick to uh Ying's character and it's it's so good. I, I can't get yeah, over yeah. how cool that is. Actually, similar to Angel, the final fight in Angel, where it's not just like you attack, I attack. It's like I'm going to preemptively counter your attack, and it's going to be successful, and it's going to look so physical, mm-hmm. so brutal that, yeah, it, it definitely deserved a slow-mo shot. But you can see the, yeah, the double getting knocked <laughs> in the head pretty easily. Yeah. <laughs> I also really love the moment where uh Agnes lifts up uh Mina over her like to do like a backbreaker it looks like and there's this great like reaction shot of Mina just struggling dealing with it so then she tosses her into the air and in midair she does like a front roundhouse kick right yeah. into the gut ooh it's it's great and they, they and Mina ha- also starts fighting dirty. Like yeah. she kicks Agnes in the crotch a couple of times, and like yeah, the final dude. blow is her kicking her right in the boob. Like ooh, <laughs> well, and there's the great like nonverbal stuff too, where she's like, "You all right? You you gonna yeah. keep fighting?" Yeah. And Agnes is like, "No, dude, really not okay." Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool how they egg each other on, though. You know that kind of cockiness in the middle of it. It's like this pendulum swing it's like okay now i'm winning oh oh, you come up you come to me and then it's like no i land this crazy move and now i'm winning uh man it's it's so good i don't i think it's probably only like three or four minutes of a fight but Mm -hmm. it's glorious it's it's great (laughs) so yeah she she defeats agnes kind of ties her up and puts her on the 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 cop the <laughs> cop bike that she took and drives off kind of into the sunset and we get like a montage of the movie basically yeah that's funny it's weird <laughs> <laughs> um i i'm going really quick going back to the fight there's also those like shots of agnes just getting punched in the face it's like three slow-mo oh, shots yeah. of yeah, her just good. taking a punch <laughs> it's really good but yeah that's she shoots yeah. straight and it's a lot of fun. I did enjoy it. Um, I definitely, I do think of the movies we've done for this arc, the Angel has definitely been the standout for me that I wasn't kind of expecting oh, that's awesome. to enjoy as much, but I did enjoy this one a lot. And that cool. last fight scene alone is, is pretty amazing. That's great, man. I'm glad you liked it. Well, thank you so much for taking a listen to our show here. If you liked it, then you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on. So iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. Uh, Thank you to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Heroes the Number 3 Podcast on all three of them. 
we're almost done with this arc looking at the ladies of of evasion cinema part two and uh i'm definitely excited for this final one so carlos what is our our training for next week to finish this up okay so we're going to cover another one of our favorite uh female stars and i wanted to showcase kara hui who we've seen a couple of times on the podcast and uh also, we're going to be looking back at Laogarlong. So I wanted us to cover 1981's My Young Auntie. I've talked about this movie here and there for a long time on the podcast, and I was just looking for an excuse. And honestly, we usually do four films for our blocks, but we make the rules. So let's add My Young <laughs> Auntie to this, right? So uh, Yeah, perfect. It's super good. And yeah, I can't wait for us to dig into this film. There's a bunch of wacky stuff in here. It's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) Cool. Well, until next week, we're taking a look at My Young Auntie. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.